KB. Today I'm joined with Brian. This is episode number 22. Now without further ado, let's get into the podcast. I'm actually excited for the remake of Unreal to kind of get into the building escape section again. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. I've been messing around with a lot with building escape. Like I made this um, school version of building escape where you're going through hallways and it's like kind of like middle of the day but you're going to the next level and it's like the lights are red and you know what's, what's going on the third level is mirrors and walls that are you know made with glass and so you think you can escape but you can't and it's like faking you out and then the last level i just dropped tons of materials and you have to find out which one is the one that's going to open the door yeah but it's really right. cool and it's like uh, yeah so, yeah a lot of just little simple compacts like this you can do just the basic escape room concept right you got to find tools and whatnots to kind of manipulate the room. And mm-hmm. there's a lot you can do with just that that one facet. And I've been kind of rewatching the Unity videos again, but I don't remember where I left off. No, once that new Unity game kick comes out, I'm going to do that like a lot. And then I'm moving to Battle Tank. I'm trying to do all that before again. the new one comes out. Yay. I like to do the old one before we do the new one because it makes me understand it more. So when I do watch sure. new videos, it's like, oh, well, yeah, definitely this is way more complicated. Or I don't like the way this is coming off. Or this is perfect, way better than the old one. Like, it just gives me better understanding. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess that the RPG course for Unity should be wrapping up here pretty soon. Hopefully, section two starting. I don't know what they, the. They have the last section for the. Yeah, part two should be coming out soon. No, I'm Did they? I don't think they finished the last section no, yet, though, the right? They're still. Yeah. yeah. It's and so I can't. I mean, I. So I haven't had. A, I kind of stopped around. I don't know. I don't know where I stopped. I stopped at the last section. We're wrapping up. I literally did like two or three videos and I stopped. I just been busy. Stupid work out of the way for me, so I stopped somewhere around basic combat or something like that. But I, I've kind of picked up videos here and there just to see what they're doing, and and it's it's nice. They they put together a great course there too. There's a lot of just uh, I'm finding myself jumping around a lot more now to finding kind of videos that cover the topics that I'm looking for as I'm putting my own projects together. Mm-hmm. But I still go back to the original courses and re-reference those all the time. Yeah. So didn't you get course, which. It's not live yet, right? Or is it? And then uh, no, Git's live. I believe yeah, uh, Git okay. launched a few weeks ago. Okay. If you haven't so taken the Git course, take the Git course. That. That's that's one hundred percent. Another thing's in the Git course. They talk. A, ben talks a lot about making your GitHub look nice. Make make sure you explain like right. who you are. That stuff's very important. Yeah, I would say I I, I would say it's going to depend on what you're doing with it, right? But I would tend to agree. I mean, I think creating a name for yourself is important, but I think a lot of people will use their GitHub as their portfolio. And if you're doing that, then, yeah, make it look professional, make it look like something a advertiser would want to see, or an employer, I should say. You know, would want to see that. That's going to go a long way. Yeah, the GitHub, uh, the Git class has ten thousand students already, mm-hmm. four and a four point six overall rating. 
And, and and I actually, I mean, I don't remember all of it. I'm not a Git expert by any measure, but I did find it to be a great course. And it was it was short, which was nice. I mean, granted, it doesn't have to be long to be a good course, but I mean, it was only like three and a half hours or so. So, I mean, you can kind of hammer through it at, I think I watched it over the course of like two or three days. And I, I got a really good understanding of Git. I'm, I'm a little hazy on using it as a team, but I haven't gotten into that using Git as a team yet anyways. So certainly I will readdress those when I kind of get into that position. But uh, as far as like using it on my own, I'm very comfortable doing that now. Merging and branches and... Uh, all that stuff, I, I'm pretty comfortable. My rolling back skills, not quite there yet, but I'll get there. No, I agree. But I would certainly, honestly, I would recommend this course almost before any of the other courses, in my opinion. Exactly. And as you're developing the stuff, you can roll it back. You're not, you don't have that knowledge gap of how do you roll back your code. Yeah. You've already kind of taken that. And it's, you know, right now it's on sale for 10 bucks, you know. But uh, I think in the, the, the course of development, and even if you're not using it for Unity or Unreal or Gato, you know, anything that you're, you're iterating over, GitHub's a perfect, you know, repo. Yeah, it's code based, but I mean, you know, but even if you're doing a website, you can put a website on uh, GitHub. I don't see why not. No, I agree. So there's this uh, course idea called "This Person Wants a Restaurant City Slash Cafe World Like Game." That's an interesting idea, but I feel like I, I, maybe they could add that into the Unity. Cafe world like restaurant game. So like a tycoon? Almost. I think it's it's more like the Facebook type of games. Cafe World. Oh, I don't is that a is that a game? Actually let me look it up. There's Cafe well I know one is from Facebook. Cafe World Game. Okay. So Cafe World Game is kinda like a tycoon game. Okay. So yeah, a tycoon game. I think that'd actually be cool. A tycoon game type to learn how to build like Zoo Tycoon or Locust Tycoon would be very complicated, but I think you could teach the concepts. So, cool. so and, and I think I've been asking for similar ideas uh, for years from uh, game dev, and, and and I know they have their own projects, and I get it; they can't cover everything because it starts to get really become real specialized now, right? Now you're getting into the realm of specialized content. the The audience gets smaller and smaller, so you know, it becomes the intermediate course, like the RPG course, and it becomes very different. The I, I would love to see these kind of games because I think that the whole the whole difference with a lot of the games now is that they're they're kind of pre-built in a way where, like, it's not your typical. I'm going to call it an like an online MMO style game where you can build your base, those kind of things, even on a very micro scale, 
we're not really instantiating objects, aligning them to like an artificial plane and building things, snapping things together. It's all pre-done. So it's it's a very different concept and you got to put some thought into how you're going to doing it. And then the other side of something like uh, Cafe World is it's that exact same thing as well, right? You got to snap objects that are now live in the world that the characters interact with and then you also need to dig into that kind of virtual economy of the world too i don't i haven't played cafe world but just by looking at the pictures you know there's going to be a form of an economic system built into it somehow yeah you know sometimes they're kind of just click and progresses but uh you know a lot of the apps and the facebook versions of the tycoon games yeah it's just so you can come back and, and spend money. Either come back and like the next day or spend money on it. It's a Clash of Clans clone, right? In the various ways, right? It's funny because I look at all these games. And actually, the, 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 the game that probably comes closest, and if you really think about it at a very core level, Realm Rush in Unity. Oh, it's like the... Uh, the, the, tower, tower defense, the, the Tower yeah. Defense game. If yeah, you look I love at that section. Like, I made my own game. Oh my god. So right. Cool. But if you look at something like this, or you look at something more popular to everybody like Clash of Clans, Clash of Clans at the end of the day is a tower defense game. Not every block shoots, but it's essentially a tower defense game. Yeah. You know, you're placing obstacles. and Yeah, it's a little more interactive, a little more advanced than your typical just walking path you know object shooting but it, but overall it, a lot of games to me kind of break down to that level and if you kind of approach it with that in mind it, it might it might change how you look at things the areas that I kind of would love to see more game dev content in would be you know, as I said, intermediate content, but when you take something like you know, maybe even Cafe World, looking at some of these these screens, you know, the, the concepts of how people would create larger worlds, take like a, like a prison architect, a rim world, something like that where you know you can't be instantiating tens of thousands of objects. So what do you do then? Because it's just not feasible to have that many objects on the screen at the same time. I mean, you know, there there are, I think, Prison Architects World's 200 by 200 squares. So you can't be rendering 40,000 game objects just to represent the map. So what's the next step? Because obviously that doesn't work. And that's where I think that, you know, they, they can kind of develop that intermediate content that really digs deeper into some more advanced game programming concepts as well. They need a lot more intermediate courses once they get enough beginners. I agree. Yeah. So nonstop beginner content keep the doors open, flood people in, and then anybody who gets to the point where they're like, I want more, you have their intermediate courses. 
Yeah. And you know they're going to get that. You know, I mean, they're going to get more intermediate courses, but you're going to get more people wanting it. The problem is, like I, like I was saying before, is I just overall, I think the number of people who want that are smaller at each tier. That's the only negative. It is. It is smaller, but I do believe if they do really well in the intermediate courses, it will bring people that didn't even know about games of that TV in the first place. Yes. I agree. I agree. So, I agree 100%. Um, just look at it like... Is the, I look at the Unity con, the course, right? The, the Unity course has... Oh, gosh. I don't even remember how many students... It's like huge. Yeah. It's and if you go from that course to the next level, right? Like, uh, well, if you go from that to the RPG. So, yeah, there we go. Finally, you know, I, have, I, got I have a game that have roadmap. Let's see if I can pop it up. Well, I'm just saying, right? If you go from Unity 3D. 77,000 students. The 2D course has more. Um, the original course, I think, is kind of more than that, but it kind of makes sense, right? The original course has 313,000 on the 2D world. So you went from 313 to 70-something in, in, in 3D, and then if you jump to the RPG course... You know, you scale that down to 58,000. So you're about a sixth of the original size that had interest in the uh, the more advanced con- you know, concepts, which is, is good. But I'm thinking partially that's because some people didn't really, making an RPG didn't really appeal to them. Mm-hmm. So they just moved on. Yeah. That's why I think the Game Kid course is going to be great because it's not an, an RPG, it's just a game. And I think some right. people just want to create a game where you have, like move around, have some levels, and kill things. Not like, let's level up all this way, let's get all these stats. It's just like, oh, I, just want to, I just want to play a simple game. Right. And, and I think it, it, it kind of reflects, if I go back to like a Steam, and you just kind of see what's popular out there. It's a lot of first-person games. You know, that's just... You know, you got like the Rainbow Sixes, you got all of the different kind of open world games. I mean, I've actually been playing Space Engineers lately. And, you know, clearly that game has some flaws. But, you know, mostly I think the flaws are on the development side, not caring as much. But, uh, you know, overall, that seems people kind of like that just kind of open-ended do-your-own-thing game, and whether they play single or multiplayer is up to them. I mean, I was playing Stationeers for a while. Stationeers is a good game. Still in early access, but uh, you know, they keep adding a little bit of content here and there, and you know, it's progressing. So... The roadmap that they posted a while ago for Unity is Unity 2D, where you learn C-sharp fundamentals, you learn the Unity engine, and you build the PC and web. Then we have Unity 3D, which is detailed C-sharp scripting, half-finding, and timeline. 
Then you can move to Blender because you can import models, create placeholders, modeling, texturing, so you can build your own game. Then you get the RPG, which is real world project development, intermediate, C sharp, game design. Then we got the finisher course, which is project management, motivation, so it makes you, you know, continue down that path of making games, doing what you want to do. The open source developer is Gato, importing assets, control systems, or NGD script. Game pixel art, texturing, game, UI design, concept sketching. Blender is basic and advanced modeling, UV and wrapping, and texturing, particle effects, and VPA. VFX, exporting to the game engine, finish it again. And then the Unreal is Unreal Engine. And then it's the Unreal Multiplayer and the Unreal VR. Which, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, you could throw the finish it course in there too. Oh, and before it, yeah, and before it is a blueprint course too. Right. And then, yeah, blueprints throw in there. And then, honestly, as I was saying, I would throw Git before them all. Yeah. Or at least somewhere. They're going to have to update the roadmap. After the first course, at worst, right? I would throw in a Git, you know? Um, I think that that's a, a big course to, for people to take. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a very logical roadmap. I would say, you know, we, we've had this discussion many of times of kind of which okay. game engines to use and, and where to start and. You know, and, and if you ask Ben, you know, like as he said, you know, the, the answer is kind of like, learn to use them all. Yeah. And while it's probably the correct answer, and I get it, it's not enough time. there's also, there's not enough time. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's getting paid to teach content on all these, so he has more time to invest in learning these. For us with limited time, my personal opinion would be pick one of them that you think will work and then learn it well because you'll be able to use it for a long time. You're not going to outgrow Unreal, Gato, or, or Unity in the next couple of years, especially if you're new. I don't think you're going to get to the point and be like, man, I just can't do what I need to do in this engine because I just I don't foresee that happening. It's going to be a while for them. And it just gets better and better each engine, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, so back to these roadmaps, they really get me like interested. I think if anybody wants to do a certain job, there should also be a... We should make a feat or somewhere where people can be like, okay, I want to be gameplay programmer. Let me... What should I do? And it's like, well learn the fundamentals of coding so you can learn unity and then you learn unreal and then you start doing different sections and do sections of overgun so it basically i think we need like a roadmap where it says instead of just taking a course saying what you need to learn from that course or from any other course like hey you need to learn you know what's this computer theory or game engines or Programming languages or game physics or game mechanics, game mathematics, graphics theory. And then within those, you can learn like, you know, computer architecture, artificial intelligence. It's just like there's so much you need to learn. It's like, I know people love visual stuff. Yeah. It, it you know, it, it's. 
It's hard. I guess it really depends on what your what's your end goal, right? Are you trying to be an indie studio, or are you trying to get a job mm-hmm. at one of the development companies? Because I think that at the end of the day, that's going to really tailor your learning too, right? If if you're looking for a job at the you know at a studio. I have to imagine just core fundamental understanding of the programming language and the engine that they use will go a long way. Because either way, you're probably coming in in a junior position at best anyways, right? So you can walk in and say, yeah, I mean, I can make stuff in Unity. I have a great understanding of Unity and C Sharp. I just haven't built a huge project. Great, you know. But on the other hand, if you're an indie studio and you're one or two people, you kind of got to wear every hat suddenly. Mm-hmm. Or you subcontract some of it out, right? You may not do all the art on your own, I guess. But either way, you kind of got to know how to manage assets and import them and and do everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's it, I don't think there's a one good roadmap that applies to everybody. My take. Yeah, it's a lot of... It just depends on who you are and which your goal. Maybe yeah. they'll come and give people just an easier understanding of where they should go and where they are in the journey. Maybe when they release certain, you know, I don't know, showcasing, something showcasing their work or something. Well, I mean, if I take if I just take like take you or you or I for example, we we're not working on any projects with anybody else. Yeah. So we have to wear the art hat. We have to wear the game programmer. We have to wear the level designer hat. We have to wear the audio engineer if our games would have sound, you know. And then we have to wear the designer hat all at the same time. So I think, you know, that's a fine roadmap to have and you can kind of just go through the courses I, I i totally agree with kind of doing a the first course blender course i think that's important to just get the graphic fundamentals um, you might even throw in the uh the gimp course if you're doing a lot of 2d assets uh, you know but then beyond that you know to me now it comes down to can you really identify a project that you can do as a single developer and scope your project down to be something small enough because you're not going to build World of Warcraft. <laughs> don't you build know? World of Warcraft. Please don't. Make it right? something else. Make something simple. Well, the funny thing is is that you take a game, I mean, you know, take a game of World, World of Warcraft, for example. Obviously, a bigger endeavor you're not going to reproduce it because you don't have the the hundreds of thousands of hours to invest in it, literally. Um, But at the same time, you can certainly create a moment of that game, right? You could replicate, to a degree, the combat system or the open-world-ish RPG aspect of it. You know, you just... When you look at something like a World of Warcraft, just the sheer volume of content that has to go into that world, 
you don't have time, you know. But there are other games that could be pretty complex that you might have time to do as a single, you know, developer. And I remember one of the games I was playing on the iPad a while ago. Okay, I don't remember. I think it was called Zombie Catcher. It was made by... No, I was playing it. It was made by uh, a company, I think, called Two Men and a Dog, which is literally describes the entire company. Yeah. That's and, companies. A lot of, a lot of people just doing games for years and years and years. Like, right. And, and Zombie Catcher was nothing more than a side-scroller where you were a little alien who would come down and catch a couple dozen or dozen styles of different zombies with a few different weapons to go back and like juice them into food or drinks for your alien population. And you just ran across this map and you shot harpoons at them and grabbed them and took them back to your base. You know, very simplistic in design overall, but creative. And at the end of the day, it did fairly well if I remember right. For just being a uh, relatively simple game, as I said, I think it literally, when it was first done, it was just like two guys and a dog who built the program, and then it grew. Wow. That's impressive. It's amazing what people do, the, the amount of funds they have, the passion, the drive, and just make these amazing games. Yeah, absolutely. But I think part of it to me is they identified the scope they identified their limits of what they could potentially do in a couple year time i don't know how long they're going to develop it but you know they didn't expect to have this huge game built in two years they 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 expected to basically have a very reproducible game <laughs>